Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 169 for the 9th of ER in a leap year. So we've been talking yesterday and in this chapter in general all about how much God loves us, the Jewish people, how actually the glory of God in this world is manifest through the Jewish people to that extent, how God chose us amongst all of his myriad worlds and legions and everything like that. And the ultra Bible is really telling us all this to really make us realize how special we should feel and make us acknowledge that just like if anybody loves us and if we become aware of how much a person loves us, whether it's our parents, whether it's our children, whether it's our friends, whatever it is, it's going to give us this automatic feeling of love back. This should really instigate within us. It should really arouse us a feeling of love towards God. And we've been talking about God's love towards us can really be likened to a groom and his love towards a bride. And the way that a, uh, that a husband would kiss his wife is really similar to what happens to us whenever we engage in Torah. Uh, Whenever we engage in a mitzvah, this is like God is really hugging us. So this is something that really should once again, like really arouse us to want to fulfill the commandments. And we talked about how this is so this embrace that we get and this, this union that that happens when we engage in Torah and mitzvahs is so strong that even when you have somebody who's a total ignoramus, that really is a very simple person, doesn't really know what they're doing or whatever, if they're involved in Torah or involved in doing a mitzvah, we're actually supposed to stand in their presence because at that moment, when they are involved in a mitzvah or involved in Torah study, that means that God is actually dwelling within that person. Even if they don't, they're not aware of it, even if they don't see it, even if we don't see it, that's the reality. So it's, this is really, the point of all of this is really to bring this awareness to us of how special God holds us and how present God is within our lives, whether we are aware of it or not, especially when we connect to him through Torah and Mitzvahs. So today we're really going to focus on this aspect of whether we're aware of it or not, namely on the or not aspect. And the truth of the matter is that as nice as these ideas might sound, I don't know how you're feeling, but I know for me, it often can feel a little bit like strange hearing these words because the truth is we don't really feel God. I was talking to my friend the other day about this and talking about trying to strengthen our relationships with God and how we both acknowledge the fact, like she said to me, but I don't feel God. And I, I'm like, yeah, that's true. We don't, we don't actually tangibly feel God the way that we feel another human being. 
And this is a ra reality that we really have to contend with. And this is something that the Ultra does address here. And this is what is the subject of the Tanya today. So the the Tanya begins today. And just again, for context, we're still in the middle of chapter middle of chapter 46 of Lukutea Marim. And we're going to conclude that chapter today, actually. So the Tanya portion for today begins with the Ultra attempting to explain to us a citation from Asaf in Tehillim. So Asaf, for context, was a Levi, and he was one of the one of a number of poets and singers who helped develop the Tehillim along with David Melech. So interestingly enough, David didn't actually write all of the Tehillim by himself. He actually had a group of people that helped him, and Asaf was one of those people. And so amongst the Tehillim which Asaf composed was Tehillim chapter 73. And here the altar is really going to focus on verses 22 and 23. And these were said on behalf, says the altar Rebbe, they were said under divine inspiration, first of all, and they were said on behalf of the entirety of the Jewish people that were found in exile, like the exile of the Jewish people. So what is the, what does this citation say? It says that which means I am a fool and I know it not. And I was like an animal before you. Yet I'm told always with you. So, okay, so what is going on here? So basically, so the altar says that Asaf is saying that I am a fool. I don't know it. I am like an animal before you, meaning before God, but yet I am always with you. So the altar really focuses on the idea that even though Asaf is saying, I am really like an animal before you, meaning to say that I don't actually, what does it mean that I'm like an animal? I'm not aware and I don't feel in my soul this unity that we've been talking about, that this unity in the past few episodes, again, that happens when we keep God's mitzvahs, when, when we get involve ourselves in our Torah. Asaf is saying, I don't feel this. I'm like an animal. I'm very coarse to the point that I don't, if I did feel this unity, i Obviously, then a sense of awe and fear would fall upon me, which would then lead to this avaraba betanugim, like this love of delight, this great love of delights, which is a great love of God that we described previously, or even a love of fiery flames, like which is what happens to tzaddikim when they uh, when they become refined, when they refine their um, their physicality. And the Ultra Rabbi goes on to say that as, and it's sort of a review of something that we've been lear learning before, that this aspect of knowing that I don't know is the aspect of knowing das has to do with feeling. Like there's a direct connection between knowing and feeling. Because when we know something, uh, it uh, it encompasses within it chesed and gvura, which are the two primary emotions. And, but nevertheless, so so basically, Asaf is saying, I'm considered like an animal because I do not feel these feelings towards you, this feeling of the unity of what's happening, and it's not leading me to fear you and to love you and all those things. Nevertheless, I am always with you. So what does that mean? It means that this physicality, this coarseness that I have, does not prevent the unity from happening. So it's true. I may not feel it, but it is happening. There's still that unity happening between the Or Ein Sof, the infinite light of God that fills all the worlds, and my soul. And then the Altar Rebbe gives a citation to back this up, again from Tehillim, chapter 130, 139, verse 12, where it says, that even darkness cannot obscure you. So 
we may not see what's happening. We may not be aware of the unity that's happening in between our soul and God when we engage in Torah and mitzvahs, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. And due to this, continues the Altarebbe, this is now where we can understand the severity of the punishment that happens to somebody who transgresses Shabbos or who eats chametz on Pesach, God forbid, which is equal for every single person. Because even if somebody is a total ignoramus and a total amhar, it's like really a very lowly kind of person, within their soul, the light and the kedusha, the light of the kedusha of Shabbos and Yom Tov is shi- shines within them. And so thus, it's like if they're not keeping Shabbos, then they're still going to be judged in the same way like everybody else. And they're going to be judged with the punishment of kares, which is excommunication. And uh, and this is the punishment that we get for, God forbid, eating chametz on Pesach or skila, which is for the stoning that happens to somebody who violates Shabbos. So the idea of this is that the whole idea of these punishments is like, it's basically like a cleansing for the soul. And so the, the pakam, the blemish that occurs to somebody's soul, whether they are a very, very high tzaddik or whether they're a very lowly person is exactly the same for both people. So it doesn't matter what level you're on. If you're a Jew, you're a Jew. And what the mitzvahs that we do or don't do, God forbid, affect us all in the same way, whether we're aware of it or not, is the point that the altar was trying to make. So he's saying that even if somebody eats like the smallest amount of hummus or even just like carries a teeny little bit of muksa, like it's just a little bit, it's not so much, right? They're still blemishing the holiness that's in their soul, just like the holiness of a tzaddik. Because it's one Torah for all of us. So it doesn't matter if you're a tzaddik, if you're a lowly person, whoever you are, we all have the same Torah. So this fits with something that I heard recently. I can't remember where exactly, but where there was once a shliach who asked a, who asked the person on the street, just, you know, random person on the street, a guy, do you want to put on tefillin? And the person said to him, oh, I'm sorry, rabbi, but I'm not orthodox. And then the rabbi replied to him and he said, that's okay. Torah was not just given. Last I checked, it was not just given to Orthodox Jews, right? So it's not that the Torah is only for certain types of people. It's not that Shabbos is only for religious people, quote unquote. If you're a Jew, that means the Torah is for you. If you're a Jew, that means Torah is for you. If you're a Jew, that means Kashrus is for you. And so that's the gist of the chapter today. And now the altar is going to conclude here with a very interesting insight that is more of a Kabbalistic kind of like spiritual nature, where he's going to get deeper into this aspect aspect of a of an animal and what an animal means spiritually speaking or on this like more supernal level so he points out that um when a self calls himself an animal he actually uses the plural term he says behemot which is a plural term and this is actually hinting at something very very profound because he's saying that even that before god even in the aspect of supernal das, supernal knowledge, which also encompasses chesed and gvura. So again, we talked about how this lower level of das, because das, this knowledge is what connects to our emotions and makes us feel things. It That means that that das includes within it the emotions. That's how it's able to evoke these emotions within us. So supernally speaking, because there's a supernal mirror to everything we experience down here. So the supernal aspect of this das also encompasses within it chesed and gvura in this more supernal way. And it is, and, and even though it's this very, very, very high level, compared to 
the orange self compared to the infinite light of God, even though it's very high up there compared to the infinite light of God, it's actually likened this supernal level of Das is likened to an animal and it's likened to physicality and, and to Asiya, to the level of Asiya, which is the lowest of all worlds in compared to this orange self. As is said, uh, and then here the altar brings a citation again from Tehillim, chapter 104, verse 24, where it says, Kulam asita, that you made everything through Chochmah. So just to see, and again, this is another indication of how specific the wording is here. It says, Kulam asita. So you made everything with Chochmah. So the word Chochmah, wisdom, asita, made. Made is asita, which is the Lashon. It's the same ver- wording as asia. Asiya, which is that lower, lower level of um, of creation, the lowest of all worlds. So meaning to say that when we think of God's wisdom, when we think of like how lofty and great it is, and this is discussed elsewhere in Hasidus quite a bit. So to, in, for us, God's wisdom is very high up there. And it's like everything comes from God's wisdom. But for God, his wisdom is actually a very low place within him. It's compared to Asiya, uh, which is the lowest of all worlds. So I hope that's clear. So basically it's like we think of God's wisdom as so high up there, but really what we understand of God's wisdom is really just like a very small glimmer of who God is. And it's actually a very low part of God. And this is why when we talk about the wisdom of of God and when we talk about the supernal knowledge and all of that, it's actually called Behema Rabbah. So it's like a, a great beast beast which is explained further elsewhere and this is uh and this is why we actually see kabbalistically speaking that the name ban which is one of the names of god uh, so just to explain that for a moment so there's the basic the main name of god when we talk about the name of god is the tetragrammaton the yud ke vav ke and when it's spelled out like more in depth like you you spell out each one of the letters, there's various ways that you can do it Kabbalistically. So it's not the time to get into it too much in detail, but you can look that up. There's all kinds of different variations and there's there's mainly four variations of the spelling of the of the Yodke Vavke. And so each one of them has a different numerical value. One of those variations comes out to the numerical value of 52, which in Hebrew Gematria comes out to Bet and Nun. So it's 50 is Nun and 2 is Bet. So we call it the name Ban, basically in short. And each one of these names has a different association with a different character trait, a different attribute. So the word Ban has to do with Bina, has to do with understanding. And so the ultra right here is pointing out that this name of Ban actually has the same gematria, the same numerical value as the word Behema, bet mem which is an, an animal or a beast. So this is basically pointing at out the fact, and, and this name of Ban is, comes before Attilus, so the basic idea, so that, that might sound really complicated and, and very lofty, but the basic idea that the ultra is trying to point at here is that on a very simple level in this chapter, what we learned about, or in this section, what we learned about is that when we don't feel godliness in the in the mitzvahs that we do, 
this is because we're likened to an animal. Like we're very coarse and we don't understand what's going on. Just like animals don't really get what's happening. But it doesn't mean that there's not this like unity that's happening nevertheless when we perform God's Torah and mitzvahs. But then this last section is actually giving us an even greater insight into this. And it's saying that saying that we don't understand something can sound like a very lowly kind of thing. Like it sounds like we're just like this like very coarse wild animal running around and stuff. But the ultra is saying that there's actually a supernal level of animal as well. And the supernal level of animal is that level of animal that's very high up there and lofty. And it has an awareness of the fact that even up there in the very highest lofty realm of Das Elyon and the lofty realm of Bina, like the lofty intellect that's even within the realm of Attilus or even before Attilus, that actually is also not, they, they, they're aware that there's something above them that they they still don't comprehend and they they still don't know and so it's actually this level of like transcending intellect transcending understanding and so it's sort of like we shouldn't get despondent if we don't understand if we don't feel anything if we don't if we're not aware of what's really going on this shouldn't bring us down it should actually just make us aware of the fact that it's still happening nevertheless and Yes, it's true that we don't understand this thing totally because what we're talking about, this unity and God and all of these things is a very, very, very lofty thing. So that's it for today. And that's the conclusion of chapter 46. And we will continue tomorrow when we move on to chapter 47. And I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.